Welcome to Remixing the Narrative. Remixing the Narrative is a podcast that discusses the issues and topics that impact children, families, and education. Through dialogue, we discuss the good, bad, great, and ugly with the hopes to promote change. Tune in to get expert advice and tools to help the whole family. Welcome to today's episode entitled Compliance or Lack of Can Kill You. This topic just came to mind just because of so many things that's going on in the world. And before we can get into this conversation, I first wanted to get us on the same playing field as to what I mean by when I say compliance. So the formal definition is the act or process of doing what you have been asked or ordered to do the lack or process of complying or the act or process of complying. Um, The medical definition of compliance is the ability or process of yielding to changes in pressure without disruption or structure or function. So again, compliance is doing what you've been asked or ordered to do. Also being able to do those processes and yielding so that you are doing it without any disruption or structure or function that's affecting you. Um, Some synonyms of compliance are conformity, consent, concession, obedience, passivity, submission, and yielding. This topic, I believe, is just so big in our community because I believe that we have taught ourselves and we've even taught our children that in order to survive, or in order to thrive, in order to not be messed with, that you have to learn how to comply and comply in many different settings. And so this conversation is actually a combination of stories and articles and things that I've read in the last couple of days that are connected to this word. So my first thing is how does compliance impact our identity? As a child, we are right away told what is right and what is wrong. And to be honest, depending on who you are, your skin color, your gender, what's considered right or wrong differs, right? And so something that girls are are permissible in order to do, we may say boys can't do, right? Or something that boys can do um, because of gender roles, we're saying that girls can't do it. Also, what's considered right and wrong, right? So if I am speaking loud or if I'm playing outside, I can make be looked at as a distraction or a threat, right? Depending on certain areas because I'm black or because I have this black young boy. And so we can teach them early on, hey, you need to quiet down or hey, you need to do this. You may need to do that. And so our definitions of what's right or wrong starts very early on in our lives, right? And a lot of times as parents, we look at it as a way of like, we're protecting our children. Um, True story. Anyone who knows me knows my son is pretty loud. He's a very personable person. He has a lot of energy, a lot of, um, you know, personality. And so I have found myself, right, being in different areas. And so and when I say different areas, when we are a true minority and having him to kind of calm himself down and not be his authentic self because of the threat, I think that might put on somebody else. And I had to 
recently checked myself, we were at a um event where there was primarily a lot of um white families and Latino families and we were not that many um black families in the in the space and you know, my son, you know, he's loud and he wanna dance and at first I was telling him, you know, hey, you know, calm down or hey, whatever and I remember him just looking at me like, Mom, what am I doing wrong? And I honestly had an epiphany in that moment of like, what is he doing wrong? Right. Because in that moment, I'm I'm telling him not being who he is is wrong. Now, when we're in this space, you need to act accordingly. You need to do this. You need to comply. Right. You need to, you know, do what I believe is going to keep you safe, which also means ultimately not being your authentic self. And so I have most recently as a parent been doing a better job. And I definitely um, is a day by day thing. But I am learning that so many times the same type of upbringing that I had that definitely kept me safe and kept me, you know, in some, you know, gave me opportunities has also been a part of who I am as an adult that I'm trying to unlearn so that I'm able to be my authentic self. And so I just kind of charge us as we are as parents, just making sure that we are truly um, processing and thinking about why are we saying certain things is wrong for our child. Now, of course, running across the street in traffic is just wrong. It don't matter the age, it don't matter, matter the race, it don't matter the gender. But then there are certain things that we have labeled right and wrong to our children based on just the society that we live in. And ultimately, it could be doing more damage to our child than most. Um, another thing that goes along with our identity is this word bad. So I was reading an article recently that um, a few people were sharing on Facebook where it talked about how as mothers, we could damage our young black boys or our sons by labeling them and saying that there are certain things because the relationship between a mother and a son is truly, truly precious. And I, I believe that relationships between mothers and sons, relationships between mothers and daughters, relationships with fathers and sons and fathers and daughters all have their own special dynamics. And I, as a mother to a son, know that me and Trey have a very special bond and that there are things that I can say or the way that I act really does have an impact on him in a different way than maybe if it was his dad. Not because he loves one more than the other, but just the dynamics of that relationship. And so it made me think about not only just as a mother, but just how it's so important that when we hear certain words that create in our helping us form our identity that who says it matters and it also matters because it then impacts how I show up in that space and also who I believe that I am and so let's go back to the word bad and so compliance right when we as um we use the setting of a school we can have our good students and our bad students and I've always been someone who who veers away from that kind of labeling because ultimately I believe that everyone has a story I also know that children and adults do not act the same everyone's not created equal right it's not a one shoe fits all there have been students that have i've had zero issues with that can go to a different space and they have issues all day long right there's also situations where there's a kid who has no issues in a different space and they come in my classroom and we have an issue and so i've learned over time it really is about the connection with people also understanding people's stories one thing i do know is that when we continually tell a child that they're bad 
they're going to start fulfilling that prophecy on their life, right? So there are children, right? And I think about it, we can have a five or six year old. We're like, man, he bad, he bad. You know, I've, I've even heard people now say, oh, man, that baby, he bad. And I will quickly say, stop saying that to that child because one, they are still developing who they are. And ultimately, they're going to live up to that expectation. There is not a bad baby. How are you eight months years old and you're bad? Right? I've heard people say that, like, oh, she's so bad. She, they're eight years, they're eight days, they're eight months years old. They're eight months. I mean, how are they going to be bad? However, putting that label on them and you're continually hearing that and say that I'm a mother saying that to my son, like, you bad. Right? First of all, that's not the individual I would expect to say that about me. And so as the son or daughter, you telling me that, that's going to put an impression on my identity. I'm now thinking, okay, I'm bad. And guess what? I'm going to find out and do what bad kids do. And guess what? I'm going to live up to that label. And then, yes, ultimately, that's what you get. But I believe that it is so important that we are careful about what we say. Because sometimes we use those words as a way to get kids to comply. Right. We're like, oh, look, they're good. You know, that's what good is. You should be doing what they're doing. And so and ultimately we're saying, okay, don't don't do you or you know what? I know there's a reason why you um, maybe have an attitude when you come into the space. But you know what? We don't have time for that reason. We don't need you to speak that truth. We don't need you to talk about that trauma. We don't need you to um, share about that right now. We just need you to be quiet. We need you to do your work. We need you to be, you know you know, follow directions and then that's going to lay your, your label is going to turn from bad to good. Right. But then we also do the opposite. We have a child who's labeled as good and I can speak because this was my story. And this is the part of who I've had to grow up to realize that I quickly understood what was considered good, what was considered bad. And I, of course, didn't like the label of being bad. And so what I did was I did what I believe good kids do. Right. I also learned one of those synonyms, I became very passive. It became very hard for me to speak my truth, which is my next point, because I always want to live with this identity of what a good person is supposed to be. And so for me, in order to do that, especially when I didn't feel necessarily the best, I'm still going to act accordingly to what good is. And so instead of me just speaking my truth and getting the help that I need, you know, I like when my parents call me good. I like when my teachers view me as good. I like being viewed as the good girl when it came to who your friends were, right? But that also put me in a situation where I wasn't able to just speak my truth and feel like speaking my truth also kept me as being considered a good person. And so that leads me into pursuing our dreams and, and speaking our truths. So when we are in this this bubble of complying, we also are scared to take risks. Right, we're scared to take risks. We are scared to step out because what has become our norm and actually what's become our safety is actually these perceptions that people have put on us, right? Or these expectations that people have put on us. So it limits our options. I don't think that I can do that because guess what? I don't know if that's going to take me out of my label, right? Or if I'm labeled as bad. I don't think that I can do that because, you know, that's what good people do or that's what smart people do or that's what these people do. And that's not what I've been told I am. So I don't believe that that's what I can do. Compliance, when I talked about in the beginning, compliance can kill us. You know, it can kill you. 
I don't even necessarily mean just physically. And we're going to get to where it actually can kill us physically. But I believe it can kill your spirit. Compliance can get you to a place where you are, you stop dreaming. You stop pursuing. And you start believing that what is is all that will be. Right? You also are too worried about what people's perceptions of you are to even create a different story for yourself. And so limitations are not because they're not provided or they're not available, but limits are what you put on yourself. And so it's so important that when we're talking about compliance and, um, and, and is it necessary for people to thrive, I'm actually on here to, to argue that it's not. Compliance, I believe, is not equal to respect. Compliance does not mean that I love you. Compliance doesn't even mean that I trust you. It just means I don't want to have any consequences that comes along with me doing something different. The next piece is speaking our truth. Again, as I spoke, I said the compliance can impact you feeling like you have to suffer in silence. There are many times when we um, are in like work situations or in relationships or even in our own personal battles that we don't speak out because we believe that us speaking out is going to go against the majority, which also means we're going to be ostracized and persecuted. And so compliance can also put a muzzle on your mouth physically, <laughs> right? And um, theoretically, you know, just being, just being, um, I can't even think of my words right now, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Just physically and also just, just, you know, just, you could feel as if there is no way for you to speak out on your truth. And so it has really, really, really come to the forefront for me because I believe that, you know, I have truly benefited within the last year or two of going against what I feel like is expected of me. And guess what? Sometimes those things that are expected of me are also things that people are pleased with. And so it draws them and they're like, wow, you know, you're so bold or man, this is so dope what you're doing. But also me just learning to live in a space where it's not about compliance as much as it's about being satisfied with self. And also just understanding that the more that I live in my truth, I give people power to do the same. And then also understanding that sometimes living in my truth and speaking my truth may weed some people out and it may weed some perceptions out that people have me, but I'm okay because I'm the happiest that I have been because I'm in my true self. I want to end with compliance with what happens when we stand up because compliance means that you're willing to stand alone and you're willing to do what is uncomfortable, whether or not others are pleased with it. Um, the opening again, compliance could kill you or not, or lack of compliance. Um, it's just a recent, recent incident that's happening here in Chicago where there was a young girl who was a freshman at UIC who was killed. And the reason she was killed is because she didn't comply. Right? She had a gentleman who was catcalling her and trying to get her attention and she didn't she didn't stand for it and she continued on her way and he continued to pursue her and pursued her to the point in which he strangled and raped her and killed her and the reason I'm bringing this story up because one it's a sickening and sad story of 
what happens when people feel as if you're threatening their um, respect or you're not giving them respect in the way that they demand it, right? He he demanded her attention. He wanted her attention. He wanted her to acknowledge the way he was addressing her. And because she did it and because she stood in her truth of that, that's not what I want and continued on with her day, her life was taken. Also, I was a student at UIC and I know the same garage she was killed in and we've heard countless people saying like security has always been asked to be there and and I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because that's a whole different podcast. However, I do want to talk about what happens when we stand in our truth and what that can also cost us. I think it's important that we understand that it is okay (laughs) for people to not agree and that has nothing to do with me. And my reactions to that disagreement has all to do with my myself, right? And so if someone, if I say something to someone and they don't agree with it, or in this situation, the gentleman was trying to get her attention and she didn't, she didn't want to go for it, that should have ended there, right? The fact that it didn't end there tells a lot more about his background than it does her. What it shows is that she felt like she had the right to stand in her truth. And what that also showed about him is that he was a damaged individual that didn't understand that. And so what happens is, how did he get to that point, right? So we can go down to that story because you can have gentlemen like, man, you know, if someone would have blew me off, I would have kept it going. But then it goes back to that that young man, you know, he, they say was on parole and who knows his story, right? It just, it's just a vicious cycle, you all, I believe, of just hurt people, hurting people. It's also a vicious cycle of us not, as women, having the respect to just speak our truth and not comply. And so, again, this is more of a a, a rant (laughs) and a conversation, but I believe that it is so important that we allow people to live and speak and be in their truth, right? I vow as a mother to be a better mother and allow my son to be his authentic self. I also appreciate when I'm around individuals, friends, and family who allow me to be my authentic self. I also know that in doing that, that it may rub some people the wrong way if I'm living in my truth. It may make some other people uncomfortable if I allow my son to be who he is, which is an eight-year-old boy. It may make someone feel some kind of way if their morals and what they believe and what they want is not aligned with mine. And I'm okay with saying no, and they may have a problem with that no. But again, that has something more to do with them than it has to do with me. I believe that we have to really check what do we believe disrespect to be? What do we believe um the the use of compliance is because as I said in the earlier definition um which I think is so appropriate to this last part is that you know compliance means that you can yield to changes under pressure without any disruption right and so I can have people who are telling me this and that and because I don't want to shake the water I can take it for just so long but after a while, it's going to show at the surface that I'm not who my, I truly am and I'm not happy with who I am. Um, I, I, I truly hope that as we continue to talk about real issues like mental health, we start talking about um, just the mistreatment of men and women. Um, we start getting really into like the traumas that people go through that we can understand that at the end of the day, 
compliance is not the answer. Just because I comply doesn't mean I'm healed. Just because I comply doesn't mean that I'm happy. Just because I don't say nothing doesn't mean I don't have something to say. And just because I'm hurt, that doesn't mean I'm going to show it right away. We have to be able to give people the room to be themselves so that they can truly heal. And we also have to be at a place where we speak truth to one another so that we can see that, you know what, I don't want you to do what I want you to do. I want you to be your best self. And then when you be your best self, I'll be my best self and we can all be better all together. I hope that this podcast had nuggets that reached you and that you felt um, compelled to do something different. I also hope that this podcast leads us to a place of just really allowing people to speak their truths and so that we can really live in a society that we desire to be in. Take care.